Picks and Bets. I am your host, DJ Mitchell, here to go over Friday's decently large slate of action. I'm very excited about this. If you've been following along with me, I have been posting some pretty tough-to-hit props along, or well, bets in general, along with my sort of new strategy of, of taking these bigger lines um, to, to try to kind of optimize the outcome of each game. And it's been, I would say, profitable to this point. I, you know, I will continue to post them, continue to go over them and my strategy. Uh, we have a couple in action tonight on Thursday, but we're going to get right into Friday. We have a good number of games to get to. I'm going to go right in order, give you some news and notes, as well as sort of just give you some plays that I, I'm going to end up having. Um, in New York, we just finally got our first look at player props, so I can finally actually use them going forward with my picks the day of. They're not going to be coming out the day before, it seems, which is fine. You know, what are you going to do? But let's get right into it. First game, Carolina at home against the Rangers. It's a five and a half over under again, and I don't get it. I mean, Carolina has been a buzzsaw. I don't really see why this game doesn't have a good chance to get over, but you can talk yourself into the goalies just being that good, I guess. I, I mean, I like the over here. I think it's going to get there. Carolina projects to be one of the better teams on this slate as far as goals are concerned, as far as above expected. I like them here a good bit at home. Minus 155 seems fine. It's something that I'm not sure if I want to get on at minus 155, but I do think it might move away from that mean a bit more as the day goes on. And that's what is going to be on my next bonus episode is kind of when to place your bet, how we can try to predict Vegas. I don't know if this is the best spot to get on it too early. Like I said, I have minus 155 here. I think it's fine. What will it end at? And I'm going to try to, this game in particular, post the line that it finished at before seven o'clock on Friday to show you what it ended up. Right now, it is 5 p.m. on Thursday. Lines are just being posted for the first time. Let's see where this line moves, okay? I'm kind of predicting, based off of my research so far, that I think it's going to be a little bit closer to 170 for, for Carolina at the end of the day, so it's probably a good idea to bet it. But let's see where it ends up getting to, because this is what I'm tracking before I do this next bonus episode, which I think is going to be really helpful. Our next game is one that I would get on now if I was rooting for the Penguins um, to win. Minus 180 for the Penguins. It is a back-to-back, a true uh, road back-to-back, I believe. No, it's home. The home, and then they're going away. So they're going from Pittsburgh to Columbus. But man, I can't see a scenario where Pittsburgh isn't a heavy, heavy favorite and for good reason. They have been absolutely world beating. You look at them up and down the lineup, you see Malkin on um, the second line and you see Carter and Erod on the third line. And that is not even talking about Crosby, Rust, and Gensel. I mean, this team is really freaking good. Um, The over six uh, right now, yeah, I, I slightly like the over. I think we'll see the Smith and net for the Penguins, which is why it gives me a little bit of hesitation, but I mean, this Blue Jackets team is done. I, I don't have a lot of faith in them. Pittsburgh actually projects to be the highest scoring on the entire slate of action, even with the back-to-back somewhat factored in as, as best as my model can do. So, yeah, I, I take the Penguins here at minus 180. This is something I'm going to lock in probably right now because I really think this is going to be closer to our minus 220 um, by the time this goes. So, you know what? I'm just going to do it right now here, right on there. I'm going to put $20 on it. Um, actually, I'm not logged in. So, well, whatever. We'll, we'll get it at the end. I don't want to waste my time. Um, as far as Columbus is concerned, they're also on a back-to-back. So really no hesitation. It's two back-to-back teams, which is why maybe you could consider the under here. But like I said, both teams could probably have bad goaltending. I'm not going to bet the over-under here. It just doesn't seem necessary, especially when you're getting minus 1A and the Penguins. They did go back to Bjorkstrand with Jenner. And then 
they have like eight guys on COVID. They do return Voracek on Thursday, so we should be back again on Friday. But does that really push the needle? I, I don't think so. So I'm going to end up betting Penguins minus 180, and we'll see where the line ends up. Again, this is sort of the avenue of what I'm looking into to try to see what we can maximize our value on these games, especially I'm realizing it for the favorites. When I'm finding favorites that seemingly have lines that I just don't think are accurate, those are the ones that are really swaying. Um, by the time we lock him in, you know, I think his Penguins line is going to get to minus 220, just being frank, and we'll see what it ends up being. These are just my predictions based off my research so far. Um, and really nothing here I think is overly crazy to consider when it comes to either team, but the props just get a little bit of a, a degrade when you have two kind of teams in a sludge game with both on back-to-back. So I don't think it's necessary with this many games to try to jam in a Gensel over three and a half shots or anything like that. Just doesn't seem like an EV positive strategy. So we'll move over to, I mean, the Arizona Coyotes are, are just playing like they actually want to be good at hockey again, which I will see with the caveat of they actually should have never won their game on Wednesday or was it Tuesday? Wednesday against the Devils. They got murdered in every feasible statistic but the scoreboard. The Devils almost doubled their expected goal outcome and the Devils lost four to one. Uh, bad goaltending will do that. I'm not expecting a similar result here. The books aren't giving me anything of incredible value here at minus 265 for the Islanders. I imagine that line is fine to bet, but I really don't think you're getting enough equity to actually make this feel like a bet worth placing. Um, I don't think that the odds of Arizona winning are what the implied odds are giving me. And when that's the case, I'm just not betting it. The over under at five and a half, it feels like a pretty good under, but it's minus 125. Again, we probably won't have um, Vizmelka in net for Arizona because he just played on Wednesday. I don't trust Wedgwood with anything. So what if the Islanders end up putting up the, the four or five that I'm kind of expecting them to have a chance to get? I think the Islanders are, are kind of on a little bit of a war path, trying to make their claw their way back. Very small chance of making the playoffs, but don't tell that to them. You know, they, they're trying to claw their way back. They just rattled off two against the Flyers. So I like them here a lot. I kind of like the under, but I don't think I'm going to get there because it just doesn't feel necessary. They both project to be about the same right around the median amount of goals. So yeah, I, I don't really think it's necessary to bet any of this game. Maybe take a couple ideas on some, some props. I loved Wallstrom last time out. He just missed for me, but got the, got the shootout winner. I think putting him in as a goal bet is real sharp here. He's getting a bit more run, and he's just such a fantastic shooter. The next game, Dallas on a back-to-back against Detroit. Oh, man. I mean, I want to bet Dallas here, minus 120. I do think that line's solid, but this game feels like an absolute stay away. I think the under minus five and a half feels pretty sharp here. Um, Dallas on a back-to-back, as I just said for the second or third time, don't feel fantastic about them um, kind of rolling out a a team that is going to score from a bunch of different lines. They're really one dimensional with that top line. It would hence Robertson could be back. We don't know. He is kind of not supposed to play on Thursday, but we still don't know. I'm actually wearing my saber. I'm going to the game. That's why I'm recording a little bit earlier than normal. Um, so we might know. We should know by tomorrow. Definitely check me on Twitter. I will make sure to tweet that out because it's very pertinent. Um, I don't think this game is going to have a lot of, of high event fun. I think this is a spot where the plus money gets a little bit higher on Detroit, which I think it might. I might consider it. But as of right now, this feels priced correctly. I think minus 120 for Dallas 
and plus 100 for Detroit, it, it, the vig in between is just kind of keeping me away from wanting to touch this game at all. The under feels sharper to me, minus 120. is just tough to really want to sink my teeth into. So I'm hoping it comes up a little bit. Maybe if Robertson does return, it bumps it up enough, and we just hope best on best, you know, Bertuzzi, Lark, well, Bertuzzi hasn't been with Larkin, but, you know, they can find a way to kind of cancel each other out just enough to get, keep this game to be low scoring. And I think with Nadelkovich in net for the Red Wings, it gives them a chance to win this game and, and keep Dallas off the scoreboard. So I like the under here and I'm not overly bullish on any props. And like I said, I can't see any right now on, on drafting sportsbook, which is what I'm using for this show um, on purpose. <laughs> so we're just going to wait until we get them. Hopefully we can try to get them a little bit earlier. Um, and I will be tweeting out anything if I find an edge anywhere. Next, Minnesota at Chicago. I mean, this is this is another one of those games which I do think there's a little bit of an edge on the road. Minnesota Wild here, they're just a much better team, in my opinion. They played very, very well. They did lose last time out in a shootout to Colorado, but that is saying a lot. I mean, that is, you know, the best team in the league potentially. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in on it. I'm very about the idea of um, taking – Colorado, oh my God, Minnesota here at minus 145. <clears throat> um, I think that's definitely the spot. I do think that'll move a little bit. Chicago's not very good. Um, so hold on. This could be funny. He'll know exactly why I did this. Okay, pulling up the odds again. <laughs> um, yeah, so I like Minnesota here. I love Kaprizov. That line is, is very, very good with Hartman and Zuccarello. That's where you're going to kind of drive your DFS, um, you know, action through it, it's the line I, I picked last time I think I recorded was for this game potentially I love that line in general I think that that's one of my favorite DFS lines to play because it just always feels contrarian for some reason and the ownership can garner a bit to it more than maybe expected but because it's a little more expensive than I think many of the optimizers are allowing for it to get so the point per dollar if you will whatever metric you want to kind of call it is I think often making this line not pop in optimizers so with a lot of the people that build 150 lineups and they're just clicking buttons and and filming in different rules and getting out output i don't think it's valuing minnesota enough because of the expense you're getting with uh, guys that maybe haven't historically been great rate shooters like zuccarello um that's just more of a theory than anything that's really easy to put into practice but i'm noticing them being a little bit lower owned that's why i like this line uh, five and a half over under. Let's get to that. This is going to end up being a six. If you can get it at five and a half, put it in now. Um, it's going to move, in my opinion. There's almost no doubt. Um, it, Chicago gives up a lot of shots. If their goaltending falls or springs a leak in any capacity, this gets over. And I think they have enough firepower to beat the wild goaltenders in their own right. Um, moving to the final three games, the nightcap, if you will. Tampa Bay is huge favorites at Anaheim. If you follow me on Twitter, you saw I had uh, not a ton of money, but a, a, a pretty big take on Anaheim and the under last time out against Colorado and Anaheim just couldn't freaking score a goal. One to nothing towards the end. Empty netter killed me. I don't know if I want to go back to Anaheim here, but I do kind of like the idea of the under unless if Anaheim gets a lot of their guys back. You know, when they're missing Troy Terry and Henrique and all these other guys, I just don't think it's clearly not the same team uh, you know out there on the ice and what they did against Colorado is potentially what they might do again um they basically took Getzlaff Raquel and Zegras and said you're going to be on the ice when Colorado puts out their top line now Tampa has a couple lines that roll pretty deep 
I think Tampa's the better team. I think Tampa could, could get the win here, but minus 225 is a little bit too steep for me. So it's a stay away from me. The over-under, like I said, I, I allude to the under a little bit, but I'm not overly bullish on it. And I need more information before I bet it. I think it's going to stay right around six at even money. So I'm not really going to be jamming anything here until we get more information. Now, Tampa's a team I almost never target for props because it seems to switch a lot. And they, they're not a team that wants to throw the puck on net 50 times. They want to use their skill to drive the play towards getting the best shot rather than the maximizing the volume. And that works for them. So I don't love taking Tampa props because they seem really fringe every night. And I don't really see a lot of value in Anaheim if they run this same team that is going to try to best on best and slow pace and try to sludge it up like they did against Colorado. So this feels like a stay away and potentially an under, but I'm going to wait on it. Next, St. Louis at the Kraken. Um, it's a back-to-back. Why does it say there's... I mean, I messed this up. No, I'm good. I'm good. See, uh, St. Louis at the Kraken. Um, yeah, Kraken on a back-to-back. St. Louis, a pretty big favorite here. I, I mean, I, I've almost all season been probably more bullish on the Kraken than I should have been. This does feel like a spot to stay away from in general with them. They are a you know a lower event team, not a ton of firepower as far as star power is concerned. So yeah, I, I do think this is a good spot to maybe consider St. Louis. I wonder if this, these odds might get a little bit more inflated, but since Seattle is on a home back-to-back, it might not quite kill us to consider them here um, as this isn't going to be, you know, them at worst capacity, but I think St. Louis is a much stronger team. I think it's a good bet, especially if Huso's in net. I mean, he's been awesome. So I think minus 175 is a really fair line for St. Louis. And the under just feels good to me. And I do think that it's something that if you shop it around and you look for under five and a half St. Louis, you might get a real nice boost. Might end up getting it plus 200, 250. And if Huso can you know, play a good game, you know, once St. Louis gets that lead, you got Ryan O'Reilly out there as much as possible trying to shut down the opposing teams. And I think that that makes a lot of sense here. So that's my lean, although I'm not as bullish on the over-under just because of how bad Seattle's goaltending has been. And there are some quality shooters on St. Louis with, you know, is Tarasenko going to, well, that's a question I probably should have had answered before I started. Um, is Tarasenko going to be back? Great question, DJ asks live on air. I'm going to start to try to look that up before... I close this out, but let's see if I can get that done. And we'll get to the last game of the night, Florida at Vancouver. I mean, right now it's minus 150 for Florida plus 130 for Vancouver. And and my plan here is to wait until the last second, because I think this line is going to move in favor of Florida, especially if they have a good showing on Thursday night. And I think I'm going to end up on the Vancouver side. My hope is to get it around plus 180 might be tough gonna have to shop it do my best but i think vancouver's a much better team than they played and we're talking about a florida team three and four back to back against edmonton we don't know now but it's gonna be a tough game and i think vancouver has enough to get this one done here so yeah i mean it's not perfect it's kind of plug your nose and play it but especially if this line moves the way i think it will i am just very interested um in playing that side of it um instead of riding Vancouver and I do think that this is a situation where we're going to see Spencer Knight he's been pretty porous in that so give me Vancouver if I can get anything plus 180 or more if not I think it's a stay away from me um the over under six and a half feels 
correct, but I think the goaltending's better in Vancouver, and I think defensively they're much better under Boudreau. So I'm not going to touch it. Um, Tarasenko should be in, by the way. He did play last game. I was like, I almost thought I was like, man, I said that. I was like, I think he played last game. I might be an idiot right now. So yeah, Tarasenko, Perron, all those guys are back. I, I just yeah. St. Louis, I'm gonna I'm gonna put money on that right now. I think that line moves. So I'm gonna, you know what? Live on air, like I said, I'm gonna take right now for tomorrow. I'm gonna bet the Carolina Hurricanes and I'm gonna bet the St. Louis Blues minus 155 for the Hurricanes, minus 175 for the Blues, and that's plus 158 for the parlay. I'm gonna put 20 on it. So yeah, let's see what happens. I, I this is how I mean this is more for um me kind of learning than anything else. I want to track this. I want to keep this in mind because I do think that there's going to be an edge here long-term. If we get in on these lines early, find the ones that are going to move, placing them at five the day before. I mean, what news do we really not know? You know, I mean, like you might convince me that some teams have such a vast difference in net that there's some angle to waiting, but most teams, it really isn't as crazy as you'd think. I mean, how close are each goalie to replacement level? There's a lot to uncover here, and I'm going to get to on a bonus episode in the future. Please let me know if you want to hear that. I'm going to post it probably regardless, but hey, enjoy. And enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. I'll be back on Monday. I don't know how many games there are. Um, but yeah, enjoy your weekend. And uh, the Goathead's back in Buffalo. Next year's the year. Am I right? Take care. Mm-hmm.